Hi there, voice teacher. Thank you for joining me on the Full Voice Podcast. Today's podcast, podcast number 36, is all about building and participating in a supportive community with your colleagues. My very special guest is the lovely Michelle Marquardt DeVoe. She is a voice teacher and a business coach from Sacramento, California. She happens to be my business coach and a wonderful mentor. Now, this podcast is a candid conversation that we had back in the summer, and we are talking about networking, the scarcity mindset versus the growth mindset, and staying positive in this competitive industry. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hey, voice teachers, it is Nikki, and today I am so, so excited. I'm so super grateful, too. Um, my special guest is actually in my house. Now, usually, I know, right? What? What? And that's a win-win, because uh, when people come to visit me, um, my husband helps me clean the house. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Right? And, uh, um, but, uh, I mean, I love doing Skype interviews but my guest is sitting here at my dining room table I actually picked her up at the airport just the other day it was very exciting um ladies and gentlemen this uh my special guest today is Michelle Marquardt DeVoe now Michelle and I um this sounds like a love story but we met online (laughs) totally met online (laughs) and um shout out to Kristen who introduced us Kristen matchmaker matchmaker yes Kristen coffee rondo Mm-hmm. was the lovely person that... that or did... specialist, by the way. Right. Go to her. Um, she, yeah, she told me about Michelle and I started... Well, in all honesty, I started trolling you. Really? Well, I just wanted to check you out. I was like, okay, who is this woman and why mm. do I need to know her? And you immediately, like, I loved your energy. I loved your... Michelle was just so super supportive and was about um, very business-minded, which I love. I love. I think that was probably the first thing that was like, really? Mm, yeah, I need to know more about you. And um, just had this really positive uh, sharing attitude and I really liked it and then I read a couple of your blog posts watch out right but I was like oh my gosh she's like I get her and I I agree with her right you know when you read a blog and you think yes I I see your point and then you're like I want to know more about you so you had written this amazing blog well a couple of them the one that I loved is is uh they're they're called mics not mics yeah because and mics (laughs) being spelled m-i-k E-S, not, there. no, there's, no, no. They're spelled M-I-C-S, not, not M-I-K-E-S. And yes. I laughed because like, that's what people do. Anyhow, I really loved your, your approach on pedagogy, your business approach. And then you are the curator, the creator and the mm-hmm. curator of a, what I considered a mastermind. Very cool. I'll is take that, that for a dollar. Is that, is that what you would call the speakeasy? The speakeasy is... How would you describe the speakeasy? A grand adventure. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would say it's a co-working and continuing education. Right. Co-working. I love that. And continuing education. Yeah. So I was looking, I I had gotten to the point in my business where I felt that, um, you know, I kind of stagnated a little bit. I was, I felt a little stuck. 
Yeah. So I was like, hmm, I need, I need to, I need to talk to people. I need to find someone. And I was actually actively seeking out a business coach. Really? Mm-hmm. I knew Look I how needed... the universe works. I know. You put it out there mm-hmm. and the universe gives you stuff that you need. Not what you want, but what Not you need. Not what you want. But uh, so anyhow, so Michelle and I had our first video conference mm-hmm. and I immediately was like, yes. She... And you, you checked out my website. I and, did. And you gave me yeah. some really honest feedback I did and that is exactly what I needed I was looking for that honest feedback and you gave me some great business suggestions and I was like I totally need to be part of your organization your continued learning and thing your thing and so I joined the speakeasy and and uh and I love it we have this amazing community of teachers from all over the U.S. Am I the only? And Canada. I, yeah, I'm the, to- <laughs> I'm the token Canadian. Right. So whenever you guys talk about money, I'm always like, guys, that's like $800 Canadian. <laughs> that's way too much. But you're all right. very kind. <laughs> we try. We try to, to, to accommodate the Canadian. But no, it's amazing. And that's what I want to talk about today. You and I are going to talk about community, yes. collaborating, um, colleagues, how important it is to have all, in all C words. <laughs> I love all the alliteration because we're voice teachers and no. we love alliteration. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't about that. <laughs> but no, it was, it's, uh, it's so, it's so important. And I know that over the last couple of years, my business, my teaching studio, mm-hmm is just fantastic and the services that I provide and the and the the knowledge that I have for my students isn't necessarily mine I go to my I call them a team Mm -hmm. of people and and I I have lots of amazing colleagues that I that I uh I would probably say harass would be the word but harass is an harassing is a good word. But even with the podcasts, I mean, the podcasts have been such an amazing learning opportunity for me. I've talked to teachers all over the world, and it's so interesting to see how they started, how they got into teaching, because yes. all our stories are different. Amen. So can can we start there? I want I want to know how you got into teaching. I want to know a little bit about how you started. Oh, wow. I know. I just jumped that. We have no script here. No script. I have have a piece of paper with like five words on it. We're the scriptless wonders. (laughs) It's all right. We're professionals. Um, Trust us. So I started teaching very foolishly in high school. Okay. My friends. Mm. Because I was taking voice lesson. I actually came late to voice lessons um, for my peer group. So I started taking when I was 14. Mm which um, all my friends had already been in lessons for three to five years. And uh, I was one of those kiddos who just was obsessive about listening and obsessive about mimicking. And so that was perceived as a natural talent. You know, Mm -hmm. some people would call that a natural talent. There's research to suggest that that might not be so. Uh, but I sang a lot and people liked it. And I realized that I needed to have voice lessons in order to keep singing because mm. it, things were starting to change. Female voice change. Mine happened around 14 and mm. I could no longer belt with Whitney Houston the same way that I had <laughs> yes. just a few moments ago. And I got hooked up with a, an amazing woman who was a classical teacher. Her name is uh, Pamela Hicks. She just retired, by the way, and I went to her retirement recital. Wow. And I have to tell you, 
it is incredible to watch a person that you know what their voice sounded like 30 years ago. Wow. Sorry, I just gave away that age, but, um, (laughs) right. And my own, um, it's incredible to watch a person's practice, a person practice what they preach. Mm. And it was the best singing I have heard in a long time. Wow. And she's like, years old. And, uh, and I just wept the whole time watching her and knowing what that woman is doing there is what's inside me. Wow. Like that is inside me. That's huge. It was very emotional. And I was sitting next to who is now my colleague, right? As you say, we, we, we fought in high school, this beautiful woman, um, Susie, uh, Jimenez, we fought in high school because we were just so really good. Like she's incredible singer and we were both just dumb and foolish and we just sat there holding hands and weeping together and being like, you're my best friend ever. Like, you know, like <laughs> just reconnected. But I say, I say that it, it does. I say that for a reason. And that is back to why did I start teaching? And then ultimately, why did I start speakeasy? Mm-hmm. And I started teaching in high school because I had people who could not afford voice lessons, who mm-hmm. were my friends. And they were doing really what we would now consider basic things that I saw, if you just open your mouth a little bit, Mm. you know, and I had the stupidest language for it at the time, right? Drop your jaw, open your mouth, you know, (laughs) rather than some of the more eloquent language that we can use in our pedagogy. I didn't have anything eloquent. I just Mm. had do this different. Mm -hmm. Hey, try to breathe like this instead of like this. Hey, what if you stood like this instead of this? And it worked. Um, I did have three or four voice teachers hate me, <laughs> just like, you know, in the community, because they're right. older and they need to, and they, sh- and I shouldn't have been doing it, right. probably. Um, but I did just after school. I think, I think all of us started. And if we looked back on our first years of teaching, we were probably, probably shouldn't have been teaching, but like, that's how you learn, right? But how do you, yeah. How do you get to today? Right. Unless without you- the beginning. Right. You know, we forget where we came from, I think, as voice mm-hmm. teachers sometimes. Yeah. Because I see, you know, we can get into this later, but this idea of like voice teachers communicating with each other kind of in large forums or in online chats or, you know, whatever social media, Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you see people kind of forgetting what it was like to be a young teacher mm-hmm. and forgetting how confident and full of knowledge we felt when we started, right? Mm -hmm. But then also that angst of, do I really know? And (laughs) (laughs) all of that. But um, so I started teaching in high school um, and I fell in love with teaching. I loved it. And I think what I loved was that moment where a person becomes a better version of themselves. Mm. And that is what really has always driven my personality nice. is watching, not change, not watching a person change per se, mm. but grow into who they are created to be, who they are meant to be, who the, mm. whatever you want to call it, God universe is calling them mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And to me, that moment of growth is the reason why I teach to watch the aha of self-discovery, mm-hmm. right? So then went to, you know, college and did my thing. That's a whole nother long story. Always (laughs) teaching on the side. 
But like many vocalists, thinking I was going to be a performer, mm. wanting to be a performer. But it's funny because I look back and I actually think that from the beginning I wanted to be a teacher. Hmm. But the shoulds, I the see. shoulds say, you know, the stories that I had always heard was all the voice teachers were performers first. Mm. Like I didn't know any voice teachers who were like, I'm going to be a voice teacher and that is what I am going to do. Right. From the get go. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There And, you know, there were no necessary, there were ne- not necessarily programs that were like, this is the program you go to in order to be a private voice teacher. Right. You know, there was music ed, mm-hmm. um, but that was more kind of a general developed thing. And so going through that, then performing, doing the shtick and all of that, but always going back to the teaching on the side. And um, when I was in, I was a pastor for a while, a creative arts pastor, and I was doing private lessons anyway through the, you know, for the people that were in the ministry that I pastored over and um, that kind of stuff. I did that in grad school. My graduate degree is in worship theology and the arts. And from there, when we chose to move to Silicon Valley, I just said, why am I not just doing what I love? And that's Mm. when I made it official and started a business, which is... Faith Culture Kiss Studio for voice and acting. Was that a hard decision? Were you like, was that, did you, or were you just Mm -hmm. like, no, this is what I have to do? It was a no brainer. Okay. And it was like years coming. Mm. It was one of those that I had thought about and thought about. And it's interesting because I realized um, a a myth. And I, I, I talk a lot about myths, right? Like the myths we believe. And one of them was you have to have a really long performing career before you start teaching to be legitimate, Mm. right? That's a myth. Um, There are things that a performance career will will afford you Mm -hmm. in in how you teach and what you teach that will make you you as a teacher. But if that is not the kind of teacher you are designed to be or want to be, then why would you need it? Right. Right. Um, And I also felt too young. Okay. Okay. Right. right. Like I should, I should start a business when I'm older. Like I should have a kick, kick butt studio when I'm older. Mm-hmm. And I was really lucky. I didn't have kids at the time in, uh, in the sense of that. So I went, I directed a couple shows in my local market, vocal directed, and I had a full studio mm. and I didn't have to learn as much about the business stuff as I should have, where I really had to do my learning was in like policy development being myself, mm-hmm. standing on my own two feet, honoring myself as a teacher. And that's where all my business stuff started to come in because I just became ravenous about learning about business. Mm-hmm. And my husband was getting a business degree at the time. And so I would just pick his brain and be like, mm-hmm. what'd you learn today? What'd you learn today? You know, <laughs> let's talk about this. And, you know, he's the one who actually introduced me to all these wonderful other humans that I go to mm-hmm. for, and that you and I talk about, you know, mm-hmm. like the... Um, are we allowed to say other people's of course. stuff? So like, yeah. you know, like Marie Forleo and uh, Amy, Amy Porterfield. And my personal go-to favorite is Ash Amberger. Mm. Shout out to Ash. Um, so who's been an enormous help to mm-hmm. me. And she has a group, kind of a mastermind group as well, that I'm um, very much a part of. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. So check out her website. Yeah, oh. no, well, I'll put a link to that on our podcast page. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. So then I opened it up and then it, from all there, it was like, oh, this is what I was supposed to do. Duh. <laughs> right. Hindsight, Why I didn't. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. And then, <laughs> and then I found kind of naturally like teachers gravitating to me to mm-hmm. ask questions. And I didn't really intend that. It just happened. And, and I realized, oh my goodness, like not only do I have an ability to teach a, a singer, mm-hmm. but I also have this other skill set where I can help other teachers see their full potential, help other teachers become better teachers. I, I, well, I, oh, I would agree 100%. And that was the, uh, I mean, I was immediately attracted to you. Like no, that sounded so bad. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> right. No, like I, that I, you, it was your energy and your, and your, your, uh, confident discussions about business. Mm. That, that is what I really, what really piqued my interest because, um, just in my, in my local area, I mean, so many teachers struggle with business. Of like, course if we you, do. If you, and, and rightfully so, yes. right? Like we went to school and we are creative musicians and we've studied the voice and we, you know, we can get up on stage and do amazing things, but, but the business, it's a whole other skill set. It's a whole other chunk of your brain right. that you use. And it's, it is not taught. It's not. It taught. wasn't taught in my nope. degree programs. No, it was. It's not taught, and and thankfully we now have resources. We have more resources. Right. And one of the things I want to talk to you today, which was one of the things that I had to deal with, which I think is programmed into all musicians, mm-hmm. unfortunately, is that that scarcity mentality. Oh gosh. Let's so let's bring we, it, girl. Can bring we talk it. about that? Because I know that. Yeah. I know we. I see it all the time on forums where teachers are like, well, I want to raise my rates. Should I raise my rates? Is it okay? Is it okay if I do how this? Much, how much time should I give to the family? Uh, how much, how many makeup lessons do I offer? Yeah. Like all and, of that. And these are, I would just like to say, these are real questions. Mm-hmm that come from a real place of, of exactly what makes us good voice teachers, which mm-hmm. is the ability to deeply care for the individual standing in front of us. But it's all of, I mean, ultimately our policies come out of who we are as humans. Mm-hmm. And the problem with policies is we often build them based on what we think we should do mm-hmm. rather than taking stock of who we are mm-hmm. as a person what we believe, what our core values are as a voice teacher Mm -hmm. and as a human in the world. Are we relational people or transactional people, right? Mm -hmm. We don't take a deep look at who we are Mm -hmm. and then build policies that will support that. And then on top of that, you have the scarcity mentality. You have the people that just right. really feel that if I raise whoever my rate, I can get, yeah, I, I'll, I'm lucky to have all these students. Or mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I raise my rates two dollars, everybody's gonna leave. Mentality, yeah. So let's which talk is a about- real fear because guess what? You are gonna raise your rates, and you are and gonna lose people. Yes, they will go away. And you know what? Good. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah, and that's not that's not an insult to the people who leave. That's. That's understanding the way that this works, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's kind of this business rule or idea, I guess it's not really a rule, but this idea, this 80-20 idea. Mm. And I like to use it about like, like think of it like a theater, right? You know, like right. you're going to go or see a theater uh, show and you have 100 seats in the theater. And the rule is that you always want, it is better to only have the theater at 80% capacity than 100% mm-hmm. 
You will make more money. You will be a more sane person if you are never at capacity. So here's how, right? So let's say you charge $10 an hour, mm. right? And you have a hundred seat theater. Mm-hmm. You make what? I don't do math in public. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast, but she just pulled out her phone. I totally and, pulled and, out and, my phone and, and, and times type. 10 times. <laughs> so you make a thousand bucks, right? Right. Okay, what if you charged $15 mm. per seat, mm-hmm. but you only sold 80 seats? Mm. You'd make $1,200. You already increased right. by 200 bucks. Yeah. But you didn't really increase the rate that much. And considering right? the fact that private teachers, we can only serve one student at a time. So I mm-hmm. know that many of my colleagues are teaching five, six days a week from as early as they can get a student to as late as they can get a student. I mean, again, this is a real fear. We're not, I hope that anyone listening doesn't feel that we're being flippant about the reality that you have to pay your mortgage or your rent or your studio rent if you have a third party location. We're asking people, I think, what, what I would ask for people when viewing scarcity is to say why dig into that Mm -hmm. what are you afraid of Mm -hmm. what is the real fear Mm -hmm. and usually that fear will boil down to something which is a lack of belief in a competence area in the Mm -hmm. teacher okay right whether that's a they don't have business confidence they don't have a certain pedagogical skill confidence Mm. They don't have, um, they've been wounded by other voice teachers, so they don't really oh, want to put their stuff out there. That's a big one. Fair huge, enough. Huge. Yeah, huge. Huge. Case, I mean, myself included, right? I just, I, you know, who said walk softly but carry a big stick? Was that Winston <laughs> Churchill? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Some politician who's famous that I can't remember right now. But, you know, it's hard yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. And then the aloneness, yes, right? Yes, we are isolated. Um, and professional associations are, are incredible. Um, but they, they're not designed to, their job is to not give you a place to go have a beer and a chat. No. And, and I know a lot of people that are part of professional associations that just aren't participants. They, they Mm -hmm. join, but they don't go to a meeting or they don't, you know, and, and again, it's, it comes down to you know, they're teaching all the time. So they can't come to a meeting or they can't participate. But right. with social media, you have no excuse now. Like we mm-hmm. have so many mm-hmm. ways to connect. And I think that that is one of the things I love. Like since we went online with our e-commerce website for the full voice and our mandate became sharing resources and creating a community about yes. teaching and working with kids. Yes, it's been so wonderful just for my day-to-day in like what I do with my kids every day. I've got so many, so many amazing teachers. Like, like well, just for example, like if, if I need, if I need any musical theater suggestion, well, I have my, one of my best friends, Ann Barnshaw, who's an amazing educator yes. and, and Nate Plummer. Oh, Nate. Nate did a podcast for me about like acting skills. Which I know. Was I was like waving a hanky when I was listening to it. <laughs> and and I take all Loved of that it. information and I bring it to my students. And and mm-hmm. I love the fact and and I don't and I'm so transparent. I don't I'm like 
I always tell my kids, this is my friend Nate's idea. My friend Nate. Yes. My friend Michelle. This is what Anne says. Like, I, it, I'm not putting it under the guise of I have all these great ideas. And sometimes, and I also don't have a problem telling my students, I don't know the answer to that. But let me, let me see if I can find out for yeah. you. Yeah. Nikki, I love what you're saying, right? I can't even tell you how much I love what you're saying right now because I think what people don't get is we live in a culture now where anything we say, that student can literally walk out the door and Google Mm -hmm. to see who else says it or who else doesn't say it, number one. Ah, yes. Right? So we can immediately get our information checked one way or another. Right? That's the first thing. The second thing is, in our culture, because of social media, we now live in a way where network and who you are networked with outside of the... Because entertainment industry, I believe, has always been like this. Mm -hmm. But in any industry now, it is your network that grounds you. Mm, I like that. And your student doesn't want you to be the best and the expert in everything. Mm -hmm. That's not how they're wired to think. They are wired for Google. Mm -hmm. They are wired for multiple options. And if you can be, oh, I just made this up. Here it comes, you guys. This was good. (laughs) If if we can be their personal Google for voice stuff, yeah. That is valuable to them. Mm-hmm. And how I deliver because, that content. Because truthfully, you know, I always ask my students, mm-hmm. did you Google it? Like, yeah. oh, they're lazy. They don't. So that's your being your personal Google. That makes sense because they're not, a lot of times they're not going to Google anything. No. So it's just easier for them to get that feedback or that, that bit of information, whether, you know, from you, from a colleague, from a support group, from speaking, whatever, whatever. And then third, this idea that that is not the business that they are walking into as either a performer or music therapist or Mm. an SLP, whatever they're going to do with their voice training with you, Mm. they are going to walk into a business where they need to be number one networked. Mm -hmm. They need to understand networking and how to do it well, Mm -hmm. how to not do it. Right. Because right? there there are some people who, you know, I'll get emails like, oh, I would I would love to write for your blog. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, I, OK, I well, great. Like, show me why. Show me what you're going to do for my blog. Right? Show me, you know, and then or they'll do this. They'll like write and they'll like, I love that blog you did on blah. And it's like, you obviously didn't read any of the other things I've ever done. Because mm. my demographic for my blog is much more, um, anybody can read it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, designed for, like, I literally have a girl in my mind that I used to work with at a place um, called Stage Kids California. Like, I have her personality in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of balance it between her inquisitive, savvy, smart, knows she wants to go to Broadway when she grows Mm. up and will honestly probably get there. You know, like I have her personality in mind. And then I have a voice teacher who's just like, I don't really have the words to explain this to my student. Mm. So, you know, easy words kind of thing. So Mm. that's my main blog. That's, that's a little bit different than the content I create for Speakeasy, which is a little. So people come and they're just, they, they, 
glance at your blog and then they're trying to get in their foot in the door. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that goes to networking. But those, the net, those, those people aren't interested in networking. No, at all. exactly. They are interested in promoting themselves. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, you see that on social media, you see that on Facebook, mm-hmm. you see the people that they're always talking about themselves or sharing themselves mm-hmm. or like, and, and you, I, I mean, musicians, that's one of my pet peeves. It's like, come to my show, come to my gig, come to my stuff. But they would never share anybody else's information or go, hey, my buddy so-and-so is playing. You should check him out. It's that it's that one-sided right. transaction and that never works. It doesn't. That never works. It's it's exhausting and, and you get, you might not get unfriended, but you get unfollowed. I have unfollowed right. so many one-sided conversation people on Facebook. And that was one of the things that I loved about you because you were on there sharing a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, you yeah. sh- you share some really good stuff. I often will like grab Sean, my hubby, and go, check out this video that Michelle just shared. And, and we'll sit there and we'll watch it and then we'll have this lovely discussion about Great. it. And and that's what I that's what I love. And and I and I gravitate to people online who are about sharing. And again, most of the guests on my podcast mm-hmm. have that mindset. They're yeah. not just about promoting their blogs or their products or their things. One, they're incredibly passionate educators. They love teaching music and you yes. can tell, right? Yes. And they have they have a bigger mission you know, uh, within their businesses, like they, they really are serving their communities or their, you know, their students in a really wonderful way. The thing that, that is really painful for me that makes me very angry. And we've talked about this and you've experienced mm-hmm. this is anybody on a, on a public forum, whatever platform they choose to use. And somebody asks about working with children. Oh, Oh man. Right. And then, and, and more people are more interested in telling you why you shouldn't or why they don't. They're not offering any supportive or flat out. This is my favorite. No. Right. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's like, you know, or, or the, no, they should be in children's choruses. I have this mental picture of children's choruses that these people are talking about as little prisons for young singers that aren't ready (laughs) for, for private voice lessons. Like, Mm. it's like, why? And, and it, it's really, it's really hurtful. Like it's discouraging. It's discriminatory like you're discriminating right Mm. like like imagine if I went on there and said you know we really shouldn't be working with like aging voices because blah 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 like that's wrong you don't say that um right so and and that's what I find about and, and that's why I think it's so important which is what we're talking about today is we surround ourselves with passionate people that are respectful that this is how I run my business and, 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 you know, and if they're asking for help or they're, they've had that growth mindset, that's so huge. Yes. But when, when you go to those forums and everybody's like, no, don't do it, throw them in a choir or you should never do that. Or I think this, and it's really, and of course we read tone into anything typed. Or I think texted. that's the biggest problem, honestly. Yeah. People, some people don't know how to internet. Yeah. Some people don't know how to internet or write in a way so that we don't think you are just angry and miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, or telling us what to do. Telling Yeah. Yeah. Mansplaining or, or <laughs> yeah, those kind of things. Like academic explaining. Oh, call out. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. But, 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's why you need to have that support team and, and a place where you can ask questions safely and not, you know, cause I think what happens is somebody asks, and one of the reasons why myself and Dana Lentini mm-hmm. started the uh, Voice Teachers for Young Children Forum is because I wanted a safe place for people to ask questions yes. about working with kids. And I still have to reprimand in a polite way some of my members who are end up discouraging somebody or wow or or yeah. the or the conversation kind of gets a little negative it's like no 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 we're going to swing it back to the positive and if you've got nothing positive to say then let the comment pass by and don't feel obligated to comment on it like that's i think that's yeah. that's i think that's proper forum etiquette if there's something that you just don't agree with maybe just let it go by yeah. Or if you have nothing constructive, if somebody is asking for help and all you have is a don't do it or mm-hmm. this is why you shouldn't or whatever, like if you're not offering help, then then let it scroll on by. Keep it scroll on by. Let it go. Right. Right? Yeah. I. You've been there. I have been you there. You have been treated poorly. I've seen it. Yeah. And I get, you know, it's funny because... I don't have to work, personally, I don't have to work too hard to frame things in a positive way and in a growth mindset way because that's, you know, just who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely times where I will read something that someone has responded to me and I get so sad. Mm-hmm. Like they don't attack m- And I'm not even talking about the attacking or anything like that. I'm just talking about this idea that I'll read something and what is communicated and what was written is this level in that person i see a i see that they have boxed in their themselves mm. and so yeah. i've worked really hard to not take things personally in my life cuz i lived in a place of just utter shame for so long mm. at a time in my life and i think we all do especially mm. as performers i mean right. le- i'm I was classically trained and was in the classical world for a while before doing my other things and all of that. And uh, the level of shame as teaching in that world, whether it's a conductor yelling at you in front of an orchestra or, you know, a director screaming at you because that, you know, in musical theater, you know, whatever. Uh, Even those, those moments were so rare of the shaming they're so powerful because those it's are the trauma. moments that we remember. It's trauma. Right? Yeah. So um, all that to say, I've worked hard to not take things personally and to remember mm-hmm. that whatever is being said to me is really from where that other person is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also people kind of don't know how to listen on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very quick to be like, to just say, yes, what I wrote didn't communicate this. Yeah. Like, I don't mind being like, it's obvious from your comment that you did not understand what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to own that. That's okay. It's not going to hurt me to own Mm -hmm. that I didn't communicate well. So Mm -hmm. this. Um, But really what it does, back to that more of the point, is I'll read the response comment, and it's just loaded with, yeah, but. Yeah. And that makes me sad because Mm -hmm. I'm like, where else are you doing that in your life and in your teaching and in your studio Mm -hmm. policy making and in your professional world, you're performing. 
Right. Where are where else are you yeah budding? Mm. And how is that ultimately affecting the life that you're living as right. a voice teacher? Right. Well, yeah, cuz if you have one you put those walls up everywhere. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes so much work to distinguish the difference between a wall and a boundary. Mhm. And we often make them the same thing, but mm. in the wrong areas. Right. So we'll put up a wall where there should just be a boundary. Mm. Right. I like to think of boundaries like the things at the bank. You know, the little, like the little the sticks where you go, the, you know, <laughs> that your kid plays with. Right. Yeah, like, um, so they're movable. The right? velvet, the velvet, rope. the velvet rope is a boundary. Yeah. Right. It, it can be soft, but there. Yeah. And if someone goes against it, you that's a boundary. Mm-hmm. Right? But they're also like, I can choose to move that. Yes. I can choose to adjust that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's walls, which are like the hard lines. Mm-hmm. Like you will not pass. Thou shall not pass. <laughs> right? Um, Gandalf. Right. Right there. Right. Um, but sometimes we don't distinguish those things. Mm-hmm. And we put up walls where there should be boundaries and we put boundaries where there really should be walls. Mm. That's where we get into trouble. And that's, that's when we stop learning too. Right. And that, I mean, again, who you are manifests in your policies. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So if you, I feel if you're a teacher that finds that you're consistently resentful or frustrated with the business side of your business, business, that sounded smart. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I understand. The business out of your business. If you are a person who is constantly frustrated with how you're getting treated by clients, mm-hmm. students, parents, whatever demographic you work with, studios, right? Um, then it is your responsibility to sit down and say, what am I doing that is allowing this behavior? That's one of the hardest things I think as a business person, when you have to have the, it's not them, it's me. Right. The come to Jesus talk. That's what I call it. (laughs) But it, but it is, it's true. Like if, if, if I have a problem with the parent, complaining about the parent, it's not about that. It's about, I haven't communicated or I haven't said something. Mm -hmm. I have a family right now, they're new and they keep doing this last minute canceling thing. And I, and I'm like, I got an email this morning actually. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I have not, I need to, I need to just say Mm -hmm. politely, you know, because they've only had a few lessons. If you want to continue in the fall, this is the way my business runs and I hope that it's okay because I really want to work with your daughter. I think she's great, but you can't like, right. if she has a bit of a cold, like I personally, if it's just like a little sniffle, you can still come for your lesson and we can still have a good lesson. But they kind of like, as soon as she's, anyhow, long story is right. I need to set that boundary. I need to remind them that right. the velvet rope is here. Right. And this is how my studio runs. And it doesn't have to be awkward. It's only going to be awkward if I think it's going to be awkward or if I get the negative dialogue, the negative... Right. The or if you're embarrassed by your policy. Or if you're embarrassed, which I'm not. It's like, this is which how my studio not. runs. But I get I get that. And I like your analogy of boundaries and walls. And we really get those confused. Now, I have, I have a question for you. So... Uh-oh. No, no, this is all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, if For teachers listening to the podcast... And maybe they're isolated or maybe they're not sure how to go. How would you, what would be the first steps for really starting to connect with teachers? Like, what would you suggest for them? Like if they're, you know, they probably have a few friends or Mm -hmm. that are teachers. Like, 
what would you suggest? What would be some first actionable steps to really start to build that community that just supports them? That's a great question. I think, first of all, sit down and put on your calendar an hour of time once a week that you are thinking about who you want to know. The type of person, maybe there's a specific person, maybe there's an institution that has several people, and use that hour to reach out. Make a phone call, write an email, and in that, be honest. Ooh, okay. Be honest. I live here, blah. There are not very many teachers here, Mm -hmm. blah. I am wondering if we can have a video chat and I can ask you some questions and inter it, you know, and informational interview, if you will, mm-hmm. and just get to know you. Mm. Okay. That's the reason. And it's funny because the reason why I tell you not local first mm. is it's actually less scary yeah. to email someone across the nation and get a no. Mm. Yeah, that's than true. To, than to email your neighbor, mm. you know, the voice teacher who lives in the next town. Right. And, and, and risk the no. Because part of the reason why we can get isolated is not not just the literal isolation of you are literally the only teacher in 30 miles, right? Right. Not just that, but the self-isolation that happens through comparison, if we, especially Mm -hmm. if we see that other teacher has maybe a grander presence, you know, or is more established in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, or because of previous woundedness from trying to reach out and make connections with locals. I can right? totally relate to that. Yeah. In the first years of researching for the full voice, I, re- I did a lot of reaching out and I got a lot of doors slammed in my face. And I had, I had had people that actually took time out of their busy schedules to like, let me know that they did not approve of what I was doing. And I think I've told you this story, yeah. like way back in the very it still early hurts days. My heart when you, I heard it a couple times. So for those of you that don't know this story, I'll be, I'll make it really short. So yeah. when we when I first started teaching, it was miserable. I wanted a resource. I wanted some sort of tool to help my singers each and every lesson. So we started doing these, like I had this idea for these worksheets and, and for a book. And I thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm a performance major. So I really need to talk to some of the academics about, you know, how I would go about this and, and, right. and this is long before internet and Facebook. And I, you know, I, so I literally had to call some universities, track down these teachers. Most of them didn't return my phone calls. And the ones that I got on the phone were so discouraging and so condescending. And so, uh, I mean, the majority of them had no interest in working with children either. That was the huge issue. But those, I was so disheartened and so, uh, upset that I actually shelved the project for a year and a half. I I put all Mm -hmm. my notes and all my research in a box and Mm -hmm. I shoved it in the back of my closet. And I thought, no, 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 I I'm, I'm not the person to do this. I I don't have the education or I don't have the experience and Mm -hmm. somebody far more educated than I shall do this. And, And in a couple of years, there'll be something. 
And, and then I continued teaching Mm. miserably thinking, gosh, when is this person going to develop this resource for me? What Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, big magic talks about the idea that finds you. It's like a third part, the third entity, the idea, right? Right. You're really lucky that the idea stayed with you. It's true. Cause I was really devastated. Cause that idea could have been like, peace out. Yeah. But that idea wanted you right. and we needed it to want you. I'm really glad you picked it back up because I, I mean, and now look who you are because you picked it back up. It's, and look who, what I love when we talk about, I'd kind of hijacked your story right then. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but you put it, you shelved it. What, my question, what triggered you to pick it back up? Um, which is where you were going when I interrupted you. No, no. <laughs> I mean, well, I was continuing to teach and I was continuing to be frustrated and then I think it was just, I had a student, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to pull out some of those old sheets and I'm going to introduce them to this student because I, I, you know. Might as well, it's there. Might as well. I had already yeah. done the work and it was such a successful lesson. And the parents were like, oh, this is kind of neat. They looked at the paper and the student left with a big smile on their face because they had something tangible to show mm. mom and dad. And I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm not far off on this Mm. but but again like uh, the success of the full voice workbooks comes from the community that we built yes in the beginning the doors slammed in the beginning there were people that wanted nothing to do with our community now with social media now with internet now with google connecting with people is easier than ever and i'm so thrilled because like the people that are in your in the speakeasy the people that are in the full voice community the people that like the private voice teachers for young singers community i mean there's so much passion and love and you know when you have a bad day but you can go to those forums and you've got people that are cheering you on or you know giving you a thumbs up or you know or gently correcting you yes which is another thing that i love about speakeasy that i was so hoping would happen Mm -hmm. and it did is like um like i think i posted something and another member was like well you realize oh that's great you just did blah right Mm -hmm. and i'm like i didn't know that yeah and they were like yeah (laughs) so i was like oh my goodness i didn't I didn't know that I had done this thing, but instead of being like, well, you realize you're just blah, 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 blah. It it was like, it was all the difference. And now I get to say my friend, Mm -hmm. Brian Lee, by the way, is this guy who is- I love Brian. Yeah. Brian and Justin are historical pedagogues. Amazing. Both with amazing blogs Mm -hmm. that every- voice teacher should at least go through. I'm going to put links to their Can blogs. we? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been sharing so vocalability.com is Brian and yeah. then Justin Peterson with an E. Yeah. Not a no. Yeah. He, both, I've been sharing Justin's blogs forever. I've I found them really, yeah. and I was so thrilled when he, he joined. And Liz, Liz yeah. Schaefer Johnson. Yes. Yes. Has a lovely blog as well. And she's, man, she's awesome. So anyway, the point is, what was the point? The point is that community is paramount. Right. You need that support. Oh, that a person in a community, in a safe community, you get to learn something yeah. in a way that makes you that makes you want to embrace the knowledge Rather, instead of flip it, it off. It, fi- <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's, that, it's that, no, no, I'm, I don't want that kind of mentality. Because, you know, 
honestly, can we just get real for a moment? And this kind of goes back to like the amygdala thing and like the resistance to change, like Mm -hmm. literally that happens neurologically, why people will not change their minds Mm -hmm. also has to do with the way that we are presented the information. Ah, yes. So you can be getting an incredible education, but if the delivery method is assuming that you are incompetent instead Mm. of that you already have a scaffolding of knowledge to incorporate this into, you will not receive that abundant information. No. I wouldn't. No. And I don't. I mean, now I'm self-aware enough where I do an okay job, okay, yeah. not great job of being like, you know, kind of the eat the watermelon, spit out the seeds, eat the fruit, yeah. don't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of personality. Yeah. But, you know, we, there's information that is given in a way that is so condescending and so, just the tone of it is, well, why didn't you know that? Oh, I hate that. And the thing is, is like, shush your face. There was one point, there's a point in your life where you didn't know that either. Right. You know? And I think, you know, it's funny. We can, we should talk about this in a later podcast, but like the whole head voice, chest voice thing. We are totally going to talk about the head voice, chest voice thing. You know, like all the people who are so, well, it's this now. And it's like, you did not know that there was a such thing as vibrational mode one and vibrational mode two. Until about like five years ago. Right. It was not a thing. So don't, don't, so don't assume be, that, yeah. Right. Like, and don't be, don't be jerky about it. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. So many terms that we'll talk about later and what that actually means. Yeah. You know, what the science says and all that. But, you know, just, we all are in a journey of growth. We're all in a journey of learning mm-hmm. and you will never, ever, ever arrive. You will never, any voice teacher listening right now, you will never know everything and that is okay. It is not your job to know everything. You don't need to know everything. Mm -hmm. I give you permission to not be the smartest person in the room. Right. I give you permission. Take off your shoulders. Yes. Yeah. Because when you put that weight down out of your hands, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to write a blog for Liz. She asked me to write a blog about this concept I talk about of open hands. When Mm -hmm. you put down all of these self-imposed knowledges that you are supposedly having to be amazing at, Mm -hmm. you open your world and your hands up Mm -hmm. to receiving gifts of knowledge from people. And that goes back to what we were speaking of even earlier about, you know, having the colleagues, right? Right. And sharing and having the team. Well, nobody's going to want to be your colleague or hang out with you or help you if you don't have those open hands, Right. if you're not willing to listen to them, if you're not willing to be respectful or even just, you know, have a respectful, like, well, that's how you do it. That's great. This is how I do it. Right. I'm good with that. And I, I will say, I think it takes practice. It does. Like, so if you are, if you are a voice teacher that, that feels and thinks that you're fine, Number one, you're not because <laughs> none of us are. Nope. But I want to encourage every single person listening to take to take some time of self-inventory. Take yourself to whatever beverage you enjoy, <laughs> coffee, Dr. Pepper, red wine. Whatever it is. Gin martini. Whatever. <laughs> Double the olives. Um, take some moment by yourself and ask Am I ready to receive information? Mm -hmm. How do I feel when I am provided new information? Does Mm -hmm. it excite me? Does it scare me? Mm 
Mm. When it excites me, what did that look like when I got that information? Where was I? What did it feel like? Mm-hmm. Who gave it to me? Right. When I felt shame, when I felt embarrassed, when I felt like a crappy teacher or defensive, what happened? Where was right. I? What was I doing? What was being talked about? Mm-hmm. Allow yourself the gift of knowing yourself mm-hmm. so that you can be your best you. Yeah. And be open to the colleagues who are there to help you. And you, it was you that said this to me, Nikki, one of the first times we met. And it was so beautiful. And I like literally wrote it down in my little journal. And I, ha- I actually have it written next to my computer. Wow. And you said to me, Michelle, I, didn't, I knew that I needed something and I didn't know what I needed. And there's a Buddhist saying, and that is when the student is ready, the, the teacher, teacher arrives. Oh, yes. That's and, on the that's on the mirror in my yoga studio, and I I always oh look at it gosh. whenever whenever I wash my hands. Yes. and I, it, it makes me think all the time when the student is ready because you've had those students that come to you and they're not they don't want to hear anything you right. have to say, and it's frustrating. And I and I that's one of my worries for my son. My son is only six, but I'm like I want him to be a good student. I want him to be open to learning and growing right. and asking questions and not shutting things down. Cause I see a lot right. of a student of the, of life, of, of, of life. Yeah. But, Cause I see that in my teaching studio, you get those kids that don't want to do anything you say. And, and to me, mm. I'm like, okay, what has set those walls up? What, mm. what has closed you down? You're only eight years old mm-hmm. and you're fighting me so hard on this. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of my, that, yeah, I love that saying. Yeah. And it's true. I think, um, well, I think I, I, we have to finish things off because I'm looking We've at the time. We've been talking a long We've time. We've been talking a long time, but I got to get you to Toronto. Oh, it's, I get to go to Toronto You get to go today. to Toronto. Yeah, Michelle's going for the internship at, with Nats. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm so exciting for you. I'm going to meet, talk about, talk about getting to meet people that are going to make me better. Oh, gosh. Do you know how excited I am that at the end of this 10 days, how much more awesome I'm going to be because not because of the knowledge I gain only, but because of who I will be able to partner with in the future if they are open and willing, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Your brain is going to explode with all the knowledge. It'll hurt. Right. In a good, it, it'll hurt so good. And my, you know, and my genuine hope and prayer is that I can just be present and open and available for whoever mm-hmm. would like me to be present and open and available for them as well. So, so on my podcast page, sorry yes. to interrupt. Cause I am looking at, the let's clock. do it. I literally have to get you to Toronto. So after oh. this podcast, I am throwing Michelle in my car and we are screaming into okay. Toronto. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm going to, how, how do you want people to reach out if they're interested in the speakeasy, if they're interested in business coaching? Uh, how do you want them to contact you? Why don't we go ahead and just do it by email okay. for now? Because right. there is a little bit of a conversation that I'd like to have with Perfect. people okay. um, before we go ahead and start the subscription to speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out the speakeasy landing page so we can put the link we'll put to the that. Link. Okay. But I think it would be good if we have a conversation, conversation. first and just make okay. sure that's the right place for you and yeah. you know that we can really serve you, I can serve you. And then honestly, what level would be best? Because mm-hmm. nobody needs to waste their time or their money and you know if if you're ready to go then we should just jump in and Mm -hmm. do some work hardcore for the first couple months before you do the lowest level maybe you're really good to go and you just want the community and you know that's would be kind of the lowest level would be the right choice so reach out um we can put my email address uh in there and then uh 
Can you give them your email address right now? It is Michelle with two L's, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at faithculturekiss.com. So the faith culture kiss is three words, faith like faith in God or that you're not going to fall out of the chair because of physics, faith, culture, like popular culture and kiss and kiss, like give your, give your little six-year-old awesome (laughs) son whom I miss right now. My six-year-old son, Mm. shout out to Malachi and Kailani, (laughs) um, my, my, my kiddos kiss on a cheek. So faith, culture, kiss, all one word.com. And my name's Michelle. All right. You're amazing. Thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you. I feel famous. This is really good. I, I, and for the teachers out there, you know, if you know that you need to grow, if you know that your business needs uh, a boost, if you're looking for a wonderful community of teachers that are crazy passionate about what they do, but are also in that growth mindset. And, uh, I highly suggest you reach out and check out the speakeasy and, uh, have a conversation with Michelle and, and, and if, if, if anything, you know, start growing your community, start connecting with like-minded teachers and even outside of your community, like whether it's a a business community, that's not related to our field. That's one of the best things that you can do. I totally didn't answer that question other than the reach out to long-term, but that's what I was going to say is find a Immediately find another type of group that mm-hmm. if, if it's a little bit intimidating to find the other voice teachers right away, another interest group, you can go to meetup.com mm. and you can like search what you're interested in and then yeah. your location. There's a lot of female entrepreneur groups yes, out there, which I, I would highly recommend. Yes, female entrepreneur groups. For the, um, for the women, like the guys, maybe you would not. Yeah, you can them. do other <laughs> entrepreneur groups hey ladies right um just make sure they're not like weird and salesy business groups like right. make sure that they're actual like masterminds and and gonna get you some stuff done um because you don't need the pressure of having someone trying to like sell you something right. at the same time i don't think when you're starting out with no you don't need that. that and uh yeah and then um and then take the step of reaching out if you are a member of the national association for teachers singing or any other professional Mm -hmm. uh, reach out to that local chapter president Mm -hmm. reach out to the local board members and then just you know do your own google search Mm -hmm. you know and see who you can find and my suggestion is just be 100 yourself Mm -hmm. tell the truth about what you need Mm -hmm. your vulnerability is where you will find peace it is where you will find growth Mm -hmm. and it is where you will expand into who you want to be and you know that's not new if you Mm want to see the data behind that go read all of Brene Brown Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there's data behind that yeah um and it's real yep Nikki thank you thank you So there we are. A very special thank you to Michelle for her time and her talent and her passion. If you are interested in learning more about the Speakeasy or if you are interested in learning more about masterminds or co-learning spaces, please check our podcast page at thefullvoice.com backslash podcasts and you can get all the links to, uh, to get Michelle's information. As always, I am wishing you an inspired day of teaching. Go find some great colleagues to hang with. And as always, happy singing. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com.
made by Canoe Music. Canoe Music.ca